And uh, I want you to open your Bible with me just quickly into Numbers. Can look in the book of Numbers? I want to speak on walking in the Father's blessing. Walking in the Father's blessing. So we need to just give a little bit of introduction what it is, first of all, and uh, why it's so important. So let's just read in, uh, in uh, Numbers chapter 6 and uh, verse 22. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you will bless the children of Israel. This is what you say to them. So God actually instructed them how to put a blessing on them. Now, when we hear the word blessing, we just think someone's saying some good words. And the word to bless means to speak well of. But from the biblical perspective, blessing in the Bible always wasn't accompanied by a release or activation of the supernatural power of God. So the blessing in the Bible was very important. Blessings were contended for. Blessings meant an empowerment to succeed in life. Look what the blessing is that God puts on Israel. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Step down and release favors to get ahead in life. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Notice that God used a human agent to speak the words, but the power behind it was the supernatural power of God. And so in the Bible and right through from one end to the other, one of the most important things that people could have would be to have the blessing of God. And a key source of that blessing was the priesthood and also the father in the home. So a father is given special authority to speak blessings over his family, blessings over the next generation. So I want to just talk to you. First, let's define what the blessing is, and then we'll look at some examples of blessing. Then I want to focus on just keys that the blessing of God be in our life. How do we walk in it? And uh, so we're going to, first of all, we need to define it. So the blessing is the supernatural empowerment of God to advance and go forward in your life. It is God's favor manifesting around your life. Uh, if you were without Christ, you'd say, oh, well, you've got a lot of luck. Good luck. And uh, so people who don't understand blessing tend to consider it as being good luck. But basically, blessing means an empowerment by God to go forward, to enlarge, to prosper, in every area of your life. God's intention is you walk in blessing. God's intention is you live in blessing. God's intention is you live in favor over your life so that you become a witness. There's always a purpose for the blessing. So let's have a look at a couple of examples of people being blessed in the Bible. Every time you see someone blessed, there is some key behind that. There's something that God can teach us. So first one we'll have a look at is in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And uh, God speaks to Abraham in verse 1. He says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family, from your father's house, to a land I will show you. So what he's saying is, I, I have plans for you beyond what you can imagine, but there is a separation from natural sourcing. You actually have to make a decision to break free from the idolatry, the bondage of those things that would leave you living under that and not able to participate in the blessings I have for you. So there's always a price behind the blessing of God manifesting. Notice what he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you. I will, uh, I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now notice the promise that comes to him. The promises in several aspects. One, that you will advance and succeed. I will bless you. You'll advance and succeed. And uh, the Bible tells us of Abraham in Genesis 13, 2, that Abraham became very rich. He had gold and cattle and silver. In other words, the prosperity was visible. In a, non, in, in a secular culture like the West, People don't equate the blessing of God with manifestations in the real life. They just think it's something religious and churchy. But wherever you go to Asia, it's very clear 
If you serve a God who is a powerful God, they expect it to show up in their life. They expect it to show up that God is prospering you in some kind of way. So number one, you notice, uh, Abraham was blessed with exceedingly great riches. The second thing is he said, I'll make your name great, meaning, and this is for a culture of honor, I will establish your reputation and put great honor upon you. You will be held in high esteem. Now think about Abraham. Of all the characters in the Bible, the one that's known all over the world by the most people would be Abraham. Abraham. See, all through the Muslim world, they know who Abraham is. They say he's our father. Abraham's honor is all through the world today, coming out of what God said, I will do this. I'll do it. I'll do it. And uh, you notice the third thing he said, uh, he said, uh, I will make you a blessing and you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In other words, God says, the blessing I put on your life is not for you alone. That blessing is not for you alone. So when God blesses us, we have to understand the blessing is not just that you get promoted, you get advanced, you prosper in health or things like that. It's actually so the blessing will come on your family to the second, third, fourth generation. In other words, God's intention is the blessing be generational. So our children prosper, they get a a foot ahead because of the blessing on our life. You see, a lot of this generation of older people are not thinking that way. They're not thinking that, that God's design, God's plan, God's favor comes upon his purpose, and that is that the next generation be helped to succeed. So all of us, if we have another generation, we have a vital part in helping them to succeed and then also the generation after that. The Bible says a good man, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. See, three generations. And so always from God's thinking, the blessing is going to be multi-generational. So you can't just stick your kids in Sunday school and think that's going to bless them. That's a part of it because others have invested their life and their time and their energy into working with your children, investing into them, but it's responsibly appearance to lead their children to the source of their blessing and bring them to encounters with the source so the source can then continue to flow generation after generation. We think that what happens, what I've seen happen right through Christianity is that people come into blessing, but then the children eat the blessing, they don't actually obtain the source of the blessing and continue. So we have to realize the blessing then is not just for us. Firstly, it's for our family. And then that blessing is to be spread to the nations of the earth, which is uh, 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 the first indication of the Great Commission. God blesses us to become a blessing. So in every year of your life that God has blessed you, he wants you to use that resource, what he has given you, and become a blessing to others. So the key thing is not just how much God has blessed me. The key thing is, what do I do with the blessings he's got? Do I share them and bring blessing to those around me? It's got nothing to do with how much you have. It's whether you fulfill the purpose God is blessing you. So God blesses us for a purpose, to demonstrate he is a great and amazing and a loving God, so people will want to be connected to that God, And secondly, to show and demonstrate and to bring actual blessing, tangible blessing to others. You open your home with hospitality. You share your resources. You give and you sow. You show kindness. You invest in people. All of these are way blessings start to flow. So that's the blessing on Abraham. And it says in Proverbs 10.22, it says, Now the blessing of the Lord makes rich, but adds to it no sorrow. So when we walk with God... He doesn't bring sorrow to our life. He causes blessing and a prospering without the sorrow. Many people are struggling to grow, to go forward in life, but they cause immense sorrow to their family because they have just poured everything into natural things. Let's have a look at another example in Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39 is another example of a person in the Bible with blessing. They were blessed. They were, he was, this man was was blessed. So we find him in Genesis chapter 39. That's what it says of Joseph. It says, his master saw, verse 3, the Lord was with him. And the Lord, the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And then even when he got thrown into jail, verse 21, the Lord was with Joseph 
and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So you notice there, if you have a look and read the story of Joseph, it just seems like he was lucky. Seems like he was lucky. Didn't matter where he went, he seemed to get lucky. He seemed to just seem to just rise up and get up the top there. So he, the Lord made it all to prosper. So notice there's a couple of things there. He actually did things. A lot of people think that you just wait and God's going to put blessing out on you. Actually, you've got to be busy doing something. It's what you do God blesses. He gives us power to get wealth. He doesn't give us the money. He gives you the ideas and the resourcing and the favor to enable you forward, but you've got to do something. So you'll see a little later, to walk in the blessing requires not just that we talk about it, you've got to live something out. There's got to be some shifts. So you notice that all that he did, God caused him to prosper. God caused him to advance. It, the power behind it was supernatural. It was just totally unnatural what happened. And he was so, everything he did meant that what happened, that the responsibilities he was given, it seemed like everything seemed to come together for him. It seemed like it seemed to flow. Things came into order. And people looked at him and they said, man, we can see God is with you. We want to, we want, we want to be attached to you. You find with Abraham, people wanted to be attached to him because they saw God was with them. Do people see God is with you? Do they see there's something great about your life? Something good, you really bring a bright light into this place. And we saw in that last verse, it said, and God gave him favor. Now, one of the evidences that blessing is coming upon your life is that God gives you favor. God gives favor. What is favor? Favor means access to people, access to uh, resources. Favor means that someone looks upon you and they feel positive towards you and inclined to serve you or help you. So you find that if you have favor on your life, that's the beginning of God's blessing. Favor comes when God gives you connections and you think, how did that happen? I didn't do anything to get that connection. That's like, oh, I'm lucky, I'm lucky. See, but actually it's God arranging the connection and once you've got the connection, then if you will cultivate the connection, God's blessing begins to flow like a river. So when I look back over my life, I can connect seasons of enlargement and blessing with connections God gave me. And each of the connections I valued, honored, remained loyal to, and as a result, I, prom I got promoted. It was always around a person that I got connected to. Think about that. We're, we're kind of wait for, listen, it doesn't just drop out of heaven. It doesn't just drop out of nowhere. Things come through people. So you actually have to engage with people, but God can give the connections. When I went to, City, uh, to, uh, to Singapore for the first time, God gave me favor. How did I get favor? Because I got chosen to go. I got chosen to go there. So when I went there, I had a chance to speak for five minutes. That's a great deal. I'm all the way there, speak five minutes. Well, I was there to prophesy over hundreds of people and so on. And they were in a, a little church there. There were about two, three, 300 people, young people. And everyone looked down on it, despised it. But I thought, this is great. And I got a chance to preach five minutes. And Pastor Kong He, who was the pastor of that church, felt a connection in spirit and favor came. He said, please come back. And God said, I want you to come back. And what I had never, I had no idea that this person would become a door to, for me to all of Asia. See, you don't realize that sometimes God gives a connection because he has something very big in mind, but the connection or the favor is just the beginning. You've then got to walk into it. So you honor the relationship, invest in the relationship, loyal to the relationship, you stay, and then favor begins to come. So I started to come. I got returned. They asked me to come back again. God began to move powerfully. I saw many things. I began to experience some experiences with God I'd never had before. Then out of that, I got connected into Malaysia. Then out of that, into Taiwan. And gradually, all through Asia, I got connections because it started with one. But I noticed that each place I went, that God's connection always came around a person. I got connected to a person in Asia, in Malaysia, and that became a door to all of that country. I got connected to someone in Taiwan, and that became a door to such levels in the country, I can't believe. 
right through into television, into media, into the highest levels of the banking system, right down into uh, people, just uh, students in, in the colleges. It's like, how did that all happen? Now, I didn't, now, a lot of people, to get ahead, manipulate relationships. I never did anything like that. I just served the ones God gave me, and then God expanded that. So favor is something comes from God that will create opportunity for you. So you need to treat relationships well because you don't know whether that person God connected to you may be his doorway into the blessing he planned for you. Oh, think about that. Think about that. Okay, that's the blessing on Joseph. Okay, there's other, there's, let's have a look at the blessing on Jesus in Luke chapter 3. The blessing on Jesus, Luke chapter 3. And we see the Father pour out his blessing in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. And uh, there's a lot in it. I just want to highlight one particular aspect of it. But let me just show, show you what's in here. When, <clears throat> and when the people were baptized, it came to pass, Jesus was baptized. And while he prayed, heaven was open. The whole, now, here it is. There's a lot in here. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. A voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Now, there's far more in there than you would imagine, but this is the Father's blessing on His Son. Notice all the things that the blessing includes. So when we talk about the Father's blessing, our Heavenly Father blessing us, there's a whole number of things that it includes. And every one of them we could study and develop. And let me just summarize what they are. Notice what he says, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Number one, the first blessing that God brings on us is that of identity. I am a child of God. I belong to my Father in heaven. That is a blessing to know where you come from, who you are, where you're going. I am blessed to know who I am. See? And, and see, who am I? I'm part of the source of blessing. I come from the one who is the ultimate blesser and enabler and power of all. I am connected to the source of blessing, see? Number two, he says, uh, he says, you are my beloved son. In other words, you are precious to me. I love you deeply. One aspect of God's blessing is access to being loved unconditionally every day whenever we gain access to him. Most people search trying to find love everywhere, we have access through our Father. That is a blessing to be loved. The third thing you notice is, uh, it says, you are my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. The next thing it tells us, he's, we have God's approval. We have access to approval. Now, approval is different from just accepting people. Approval is the affirming of your worth and value. All across society, people crave affirmation for who they are. It's like there's a vacuum for being approved. We may be congratulated for what we did, but to be approved for who you are is all to do with identity and investment of value in you. One of the most powerful things fathers can do for sons and daughters is to speak words of value into their heart. When you speak words of value, when you speak words into their lives, to acknowledge their uh, qualities, the, the things in their life which are, are precious and of great value, this is very precious. This is a blessing. And you can look for it everywhere, but the one person you need to get it from is your father. So if it never came from an earthly father, a heavenly father will give that. And here's the last one. It says, it tells us the spirit came on him and remained on him. What does that mean? It means he had access to all of his father's resources. He had access to all the resources of heaven. I'll show it to you in just a moment how this blessing, the father's blessing, meant access to the father's resources so we could represent him. What a blessing. What an amazing honor and privilege. No wonder John says, See the amazing riches of love God has put on us that he would call us his children. And if we are children, then we have an inheritance. Servants don't have an inheritance. You need to know your identity, and then we have access to inheritance. Inheritance means you didn't work for it. It's something that comes to you like a gift. 
but you've got to be positioned for it. How amazing. The Holy Spirit is the key distributor and administrator and revealer of all the Father's blessings. And so when we have the Holy Ghost, we have access to the bank account. We have access to the resources of God. Without the Holy Ghost, nothing. With the Holy Ghost, all things are possible. We need the Holy Spirit. I love that, uh, seeing that, just that, that, that clip just up there before. And, and apostles saying just that thing. With the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, no deliverance. Without the Holy Spirit, no miracles. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no great things of God in the earth without the Holy Spirit. We want the supernatural blessing. It is the active operation of the Holy Spirit on your life, does it? You need the Holy Spirit to be connected to Him, empowered by Him, flowing with Him. He is the one who reveals and brings these things to us. Look what I show you here in, uh, in, the, in terms of the blessing on us found in Galatians. In Galatians chapter 3, this is what it tells about you and me. Now, there are many things on this, but let's give me, I'll give you two scriptures that'll just, these are just extraordinary. Here it is in Galatians chapter 3, and it describes what Jesus, our elder brother, has done for us. In Galatians chapter 3, it says, verse 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law for his, and he's because he became a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. What does it mean Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law? Well, the curse of the law means trying to do good things but continually messing up. And the curse of the law was the consequences of breaking the Ten Commandments. And the consequences were catastrophic. It meant cursing came upon people. What is a curse? A curse is a word spoken that releases demonic power to frustrate you in life. So no matter how hard you work, you never quite make it. Never quite get there. Something always sets you back. It's like having a headwind all through life. It's like having a constant run of bad luck. Blessing, good luck. Things are going well. Cursing, it's not going well, and it keeps not going well. And if you look at your life, you find cycles of it not going well. It can be a cursing in, in finances, so constant financial lack has got nothing to do with what your income is. It's just cycles of lack and failure, bills, things seem to come that eat away finances. It can be cursing around the body, around physical health. So there's cycles in the family of sickness that won't ever go away, won't ever be healed. It can be in the marriage. So in the family, there's cycles of the family marriages breaking up. Something seems to be at work making things go wrong. It can be in the family relationships, cycles in the family where it seems like the families, they never seem to love one another, always seem to end up fighting one another, and especially at the funeral. That's, that's the kind of thing. It's like, it's like it, it, uh, another aspect. That, and the, all of these are listed in Deuteronomy 28, what the cursings are. It, it talks about, their, about confusion, about mental and emotional breakdown patterns in the family, patterns of depression, patterns of premature suicide, prem, uh, of, of suicide or premature death. These things or cycles in families indicate there's not a blessing. There's something evil working down that family life. There's something evil pushing against you. You've got a headwind in life. It's a demonic spirit. Christ redeemed us from that. We, he, and that means he paid everything needed to get rid of it all out of our life. He paid the price that all of those cursings could be removed. And then, not just to leave us there with that, he said, so that the blessing that was on Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith in Jesus Christ and that we would receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. So notice that that promise on Abraham was a promise of the Holy Spirit working with him to bless him. Bless him, cause him to grow in wealth, cause him to grow in honor, cause him to grow in favor so he could become a blessing and a source of blessing to everyone else. It says, that blessing on him is ours. It's yours. It's God's plan. It's what he wants for you. He wants you blessed. He paid a price for you to be blessed. He earned it for you. Our job is to access it and receive it. Think about that. Access it and receive it. Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, Now, 
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us with every blessing in the heavenly places. Every blessing. So every area of your life, God has purchased for you blessing. It is yours waiting for you to take hold of it. It doesn't automatically flow. Therein is the problem. You see, you can have money in a bank account, but if you don't know the account and haven't got the passcode, it's as good as if you didn't have anything. We need to understand what Christ has obtained for us. He's obtained for us blessings. Every aspect of my life, blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed through Him. All I have to do is align to access it, position to live and walk in it. There's certain conditions around that. See? So God has obtained blessings in Christ for you and me. So the key there is in Christ. We must actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ, must come into relationship with Him. Now notice what has been given to us. Notice what's been given to us. He's given us the promise of the Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to get victory in life. He's the one who empowers us. It tells us uh, that we have access to the Father by the Spirit of God. So the first thing the Spirit of God does is He enables you to communicate, connect, relate, and have access to God all the time. Secondly, in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12, it says, now the Holy Spirit reveals to us all the things that are freely available to us from God. So if you're gonna walk in blessing, it comes via the person of the Holy Spirit, love Him, honor Him, learn how to walk with Him, listen to Him, be led by Him, because He's the one who gives you access to Father. He's the one who gives you access to Sonship. He's the one who keeps reminding you you're a child of God. He's the one who reveals what's available. See, there's many things God has for you, but you don't know them. If you don't know them, it's as good as if you don't have them. See, God has designed things for you to accomplish in your life, but if you don't know them, you probably won't do them. It's only by a, an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit that we begin to understand what God has brought us into this world to do. Now listen, you may have come from a very poor or a background that's very difficult. You may have come from a broken background. You may have come from an abuser background. You may have come, and there's, there's not a lot to say for where you've come from. But listen, the Bible tells us that Jesus came to heal your broken heart, to set you free. Now, look at this, get this. It tells us this in Isaiah. It says, so you might repair all that damage. So you might be a builder for the next generation. So you don't know whether God birthed you into that family knowing that you would be the one that would bring an end to the cycle of cursing, of failure, destruction. Stop complaining about where you've come from. Realize God has birthed you with a purpose. You will end all that destruction and set off a whole new generation that walk in the ways of God, that walk in the blessing of God. You make a decision that I will deal with my baggage, deal with my stuff, and come into a place I can bless my family and I can build a different future. I can build a different generation. I can leave a legacy that's different from where I came from. We have been doing that. I am still in the process of doing that. Building that legacy for the next generation. Investing in the next generation. And then when it's the generation of grown up, you haven't stopped, go for the grandchildren. Start investing in them. Don't stop. Pass on. Because there's generations of failure behind you. Don't just stop with getting a blessing. Start to put it into your children. Put it into your grandchildren. If you live long enough, the great-grandchildren as well. Be a multi-generational person. That's God's plan. It says clearly in Isaiah 61 that those who have been healed in their heart and set free, God will raise them up to be a repairer of the desolation of generations. So every one of us 
is called to be a blessing. Blessing to your family, blessing the next generation, so on. So how can we walk in these blessings? How can we walk in them? Let me give you five simple keys. No, four. Four, keep it down to four. Number one. Number one, we need to know what Christ has done for us. If you have no revelation of the cross, you won't have revelation of the blessings available. The first thing we need to do is have revelation of the cross. Jesus sacrificed to break every demonic thing that could come against us to position us to be blessed. We need to look and search and read and understand the things that we have tolerated in our life God paid a price for that to be broken. Don't have to live in fear. Don't have to live in anxiety. Don't have to live sick. Don't have to live depressed. You don't have to live in failure. You don't have to live in defeat. Don't have to live that way. That's part of the old life. That's the life Jesus paid a price to be free. So we need to see what Christ has done on the cross because all faith, remember, the blessings of the, uh, uh, of, uh, the blessing comes on us through faith. So that means... In order for blessing to manifest, there must be something in my life. There's got to be something I have to do to participate in it. I've got to unlock and bring from the realm of heaven into the earth. If we are blessed with every blessing in heavenly places, what good is it if you can't get it to manifest in the earth? It's just something that's potential, but it's never realized. There's a lot of people have potential that's unrealized. I see them in schools. Great gifted people, great potential, but unless they position and align themselves right, it never becomes reality. You might have an intensely great gift musically, but if you don't do the training and preparation, it will never manifest in the earth, and all the income you may be able to generate by that gift will never come to you. So you don't know whether the gift God gave you is his plan to resource you. And you think, oh, it's nothing much. I ain't got nothing much. Well, wait a minute. Just back up again. If you have a gift and God gave it to you, it's your responsibility then to cultivate it and cause that gift to flourish because it'll be a source of blessing for you. You don't know that the very things God has put in you as what he's designed for you to uniquely access the blessing he planned. If you don't develop it, who will? So there's always a part we play in the process of blessing. It doesn't just, we get everything, we get blessing little by little by little and we grow until it becomes a great river. See? So in Galatians, notice 314, let's read it again. It tells us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we need to value the Father's blessing. Place value on God's blessing. See, Jacob valued the blessing of God. He fought and contended for it. He valued it so much. A lot of people don't consider it any blessing. You know why they don't consider it? They don't, they don't consider it a value because they don't understand its power to change your circumstances. To be blessed by God is the most wonderful thing in life because good things keep coming into your world. We need to value highly. It says of Esau that he placed little value on that inheritance. He sold it to his brother. And then when he lost his father's blessing, he wept bitterly because he lost the source of a life flow for life. The Old Testament, the patriarchs would prophesy over their sons and daughters, and that prophetic word would begin to shape and form their destiny and their future. So we need to value the promise or the, 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 what God gives to us, and we need to believe that it's for me. You need to believe it's for me. See, if you've grown up in poverty, it's hard to believe that financial blessing could be for you because there's something gripping your life that this is who I am. No, no, I'm a child of God. The old is broken. Actually, I'm designed to live in the blessing and favor of God. We have to then believe God's word. We've got to take hold of what God says 
and apply it to our life. I know all tutors here sitting here today who have taken the promises of God and the, and the word of faith and spoken it over trees, spoken it over the trees to bring forth fruit. So it's not like you do nothing. Faith is always very active. If we, if we have faith, we here's what faith looks like. Number one, you choose to believe what God says. Number two, you begin to meditate on that and see it as a part of your life. Number three, you begin to speak it over your life. If you believe that God's blessing is on your life, then start to speak and shape your world's atmosphere by the words of God. You don't just be negative and critical and moaning and groaning. Start to declare every day when you write. See, it's a part of my prayer life. Part of it is worshiping God. Another part of it is declaring and speaking and activating his blessings over me by faith. How do you activate the blessings of God? I must first of all believe them, choose to hold them in my heart. No matter what I feel or see, I choose to believe it shall be done to me as God says. Secondly, I meditate. I begin to imagine those blessings. I see those blessings manifesting around my life. I speak them out over my life. Today, I hold each of my children before my God. I hold them and bind them to the kingdom of God and the purpose of my God. I declare each of my children blessed. And I speak in my name over the children, over the grandchildren, over some of my, over my spiritual children. I speak it. Why? Because as you speak it, you are establishing the atmosphere for God's spirit to move and bring it into being. It doesn't just happen straight away. You maintain that. And then thirdly, the next thing that needs to happen is we need to align our life and do the things that will activate the blessing. You can't just, not all about words, not all about, it's, it actually requires you do things. So, so if you're declaring, for example, I'm believing God to prosper me financially. Well, okay, first of all, we need to know that the curse is broken. I need to maybe stand and break the cursings over my life, break all agreement with cursings, agreement with that thinking so that it's broken over my life. I need to take hold of the blessings of God, begin to meditate in them, confess them, speak them over my life. Now, what part do I need to do? Is this something I need to do? Oh, well, I need to honor God with my giving. Because if I want his blessing, he will bless what he has ordered. So I need to order my life according to God. That's the bit that a lot of people don't get. And so they get think, oh, the faith thing doesn't work. And that's because they didn't do the part they should do. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 1, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build. In other words, God's blessing will come on what he has ordered, not on your good idea. You want God's blessing? Find out how he wants you to order your life so that blessing can rest on that. See, if God blesses something that's not in order, it would indicate he's approving of that dysfunctional thing that's happening. So it's really crucial that we make a decision that not only are we going to live and walk in the blessing of God and contend for those blessings, but that we will align our life so that it lines up with what's needed. So in finances, I need to honor God with my first fruits. I should start to save or reduce debt. I should start to budget and manage what else I've got. And then I need to believe that God will keep the expenses down and give me other sources of income, that He will help me. You see, but if I don't order what I'm doing and operate honestly and in integrity with God, how could blessing come on this? He won't bless what He hasn't ordered. So people, initially when they start to walk with God, He will just bless you quickly so you get the idea God blesses. Then He requires you mature and bring your life into order. In the marriage, there's an order for marriage. God will bless the marriage that's ordered in His way. Husbands, you have a particular role. You need to step up into that role and deal with the dysfunctions being in your background and start to stand up in the role of loving leadership as a prayer and a priest in the house. Wives need to be in order as well. Children need to be put into order. See, we think that blessings will come just because you turn up in church. It's not so. Just even a shallow look around will show you that. It comes because of a vital relationship with God and alignment with Him. So number one, I need to know what God has promised for me. I need revelation of the cross. Two, I need to exercise faith. And faith has got a belief in the heart. It's got words in the mouth and it's got actions. Three, I need to contend. There is always contention over the blessing of God. There is a warfare over it. There's a warfare for it. The devil does not want you blessed. 
That's why every area that we have grown in and expanded in, I had a massive battle and contention for. I believe being part of the house, you don't have to contend the same way. It comes to you easily because someone went ahead of you. But, it, but in the house, in the house, there's financial blessing. There's the, the ministry of healing. There's the ministry of deliverance. There's the ministry uh, of enlargement. These things are here for us. All of these things are here in the house, but they can be, you can be in the house and still never have anything unless you take hold of it. Over the years, we've ministered to nations of the world. There are nations in the house. There is mission in the house. You see, it's been built because someone, people pay the price. Jesus paid a price, but people have to pay the price too. Pay the price to build and invest into your family, build a devotional life, build relationships, take and invest into your sons and daughters, time and, and blessings and so on. And that's how you see a fruit. And if you say, well, I've really blown it, nevertheless, just repent and see what you can do in the next season you still have. Don't just throw up your hands. Don't just say, well, I just love being blessed. So many Christians don't get it. The blessing is not just for you. It's for others who need hope their life could change. There is a contention. There's always a contention. Isaac received wells. Wells were a source of blessing. What happened? Immediately the enemy contended. They tried to fill in the well. They tried to contend for the well. There was anger over the well. He just kept moving on and God gave him new wells. He never fought and contended with them, but rather he trusted God. And in the end, this is what they said. We want to now be in a partnership with you because we can see whatever you put your hand to, God blesses. There are times when you just need to let something go because God is your source, not that. There's a contention. There's always a contention. And finally, we need to actually put everything into the right order. And I mentioned that before. Let's just, I'll just read it to you again. We need revelation of the cross and what's available. We need faith in our heart that shows up by holding God's Word, speaking God's Word, meditating on God's Word, then doing what He says to do. See, the Bible tells us, for example, He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise of blessing, that it may go well for you. So notice that there's a requirement of it going well that you fulfill what God says to do. He doesn't say whether they were good or bad. It just says, you do this, and God will see to it that that happens. See, it's such an important thing. We want to walk in the blessing of God. We want to walk in the blessing of God. Understand there'll be a contention. That means blessings don't automatically happen straight away. They take a little while. I remember in the season of finances, uh, I had a season, oh my, my, my. I'll finish with this story. I had the season of finances. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, in the end, my insurance company wouldn't insure me. We had so many things going wrong, so much pressure on the financial area. We had accidents happen. I had cars stolen. I had, uh, we had fires. We had every kind of device came to our house. We, we just had problems, you know. And the insurance company then wouldn't insure me anymore. And I, and I remember being very depressed by it, to tell the truth. And then one day I was reading, and, then, and I saw this verse where it says, if the thief be discovered, let him restore sevenfold. And I thought, you know, a thief has been working against me. This is all a contention against me. I shouldn't be this miserable. I shouldn't be having such bad luck. So I began to every day stand up and I began to speak and declare that the devil would restore everything he stole, that I am blessed, I am prospering, God is enlarging me financially. Just did it. And then I, had, I still had a few things happen, but interesting, it changed. Each time I had a car stolen, I ended up with something better without costing anything. And in the end, I thought, bring it on. I had one, one of my cars, it got stolen straight out of my drive, and I rung up the police saying, listen, I have my car stolen, and they told me, I told them what it was, and they said, oh, well, you can write that off, you'll never see that again. I said, no, 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 that's my car, uh, I have my car back, I need my car back. Uh, I just wouldn't agree with it. I went back and I said, now, God, I don't agree with that word, I just reject that word completely. Father, you know the young man driving my car, you know where the car is right now, I call that car to be returned. Then I went to bed. About three hours later, the police rang me and woke me up and said, oh, we found your car, not the young guy. 
So I said, oh, that's great. So I picked up the car and drove home. I was cleaning it. It had all been dusted, you know, for fingerprints and stuff. And I'm cleaning down here. Footsteps shuffle up behind me. Young guy turns up with his head down. He said, oh, he said, I, I come here to apologize. I'm the guy who stole the car. I said, really? He said, yeah, I found out you were a pastor. And he said, I felt so bad. I don't know why. I've taken lots of stuff before, but I just felt so bad. I wanted to come and say sorry. I said, son, I forgive you. Come on and have a meal. So we took him in and gave him a meal. We brought him to church. He came into the meeting. He was down there, gave his heart to the Lord, got saved. You see, moved from curse to blessing. That was a big shift from me being depressed at losing the car and trying to struggle to get another one to actually having it. Oh, by the way, it never had any gas in it when it was stolen. It was gassed right up when it came back. Just a little bit on the top there. A little bit on the top. And so we've seen, as the years go by, we've seen God increase blessing. And I've watched people in here who've walked into that blessing too. It's for you. God wants to break cursing, release blessing. Wants to break cursing, release. Why don't we stand right now? I believe God's Spirit is here today. I'd love to pray for people right now. I know there's blessing in this house. There's amazing blessing in this house. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It comes to us who will believe. Today, if you're struggling and you know there's an area of cursing over my life, somewhere there's cursing. Somewhere in my life, there's things, there's a pattern in the background, a pattern in my life where things are breaking down. I have setback after setback. I come today and bring all of that cursing to the cross. I choose to believe and contend for God's blessing to come over my life. If that's you, make your way to the front right now and lift your hands to the Lord. We're going to worship. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am blessed. God blesses His children. Come on, why don't you come? Make that decision right now. Father, I choose to live and walk in blessing. Come on, why don't you come? Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in the issue of fear and anxiety, depression. Maybe that cursing is the area of your relationships. Maybe the cursing is the area of finances. You say, God, today I want that curse broken. Today I want the cross of Christ to break that curse. I choose to come into the blessing of my Father. Come on, let's worship Him. Yes, in our Father's house. It's a place for me. I'm a child of God. good to say something. I believe you need to come to the Lord with words. So I'm going to lead you with words. And what we'll do is we'll stand against and break all agreement with cursing. Wherever its sources come, we're going to break that agreement with it to let it be there and to go unchallenged. Sometimes people just leave it unchallenged. We need to challenge it. There's a spirit behind it because my word tells me I am blessed. So I'm going to live like I'm blessed. I'm blessed today. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in my health. Father, today, my body is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My life is blessed. My finance, today, I walk in the blessing of God. Doors are opening to me. Favor is coming to me because my Father is with me. I am blessed. I receive my blessing, and I choose to become a blessing. Listen, don't wait till you get all your blessings before you choose to become a blessing. Today, as I walk out into life, I choose to be a blessing to people. See? Just make that decision. So this is what we're going to do. I'll lead you in a prayer. I want you to follow in the prayer. Let's begin to flow back into that song and worship the Lord. Ministry team are going to come and pray. And they're going to break those things that have hindered you. Release favor and blessing. We're ready now. Come on. We're ready to lift our voice. Okay, follow me in prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I am redeemed from every curse. I'm positioned for blessing. I renounce now all agreements I have made to tolerate cursing, to accept cursing, to live in cursing. I reject it today. 
and reject the spirits behind it. Go from my life. Today I declare, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed in my body. Blessed in my finance. Blessed in my life. Blessed in my relationships. I am blessed. I am blessed. Thank you, Lord. Come on, this worship is.